So Bailey, this is your first time on a podcast. How nervous are you like on a scale of one to 10? Scale of one to 10. Oh, goodness. You know, I made it a point to to, to not put too much thought into it because I just want to be myself. So I am probably at it like a six. I'm just going to go for it. Why not? A six? Well, yep. What made you pick a six instead of like a three? Well, here's my spectrum. One to 10, when I'm about to make a call to like my top prospect, I'm at like an eight. So that's like my baseline, right? It's what I'm living at on a day-to-day basis. But right now I'm just chatting with you. It's, it's all good. <laughs> Well, you know, my listener base consists of my, primarily my mom. So, you know, you're a lot of of pressure. (laughs) Perfect. I've moved down to a five now. (laughs) (laughs) So Bailey, of all the things that you could have gotten into, I'm sure that when you wake up and say, I dream of going into sales and making cold calls, what... (laughs) prompted you to move into sales? Did you accidentally fall into it? Was it your grandmaster plan? What's the deal? Oh, goodness. You know, I started, I mean, a little bit of background about myself. I started um, going to going to school to actually, I was majoring in math. Random, right? Really, really random. But I, what I was really passionate about was having concrete concrete numbers and knowing that X plus Y equals Z and being able to understand that. Um, but, you know, fast forward a little bit and I was like, you know, at the end of the day, what excites me? What makes me want to get up in the morning? And it, it really came down to people. And I'm like, okay, so sales. Okay. And, you know, keep in mind my whole life, I've been told that I should go into sales, but I think I just pushed back a little bit because I'm stubborn. And my parents, I mean, my dad's in ph- pharmaceutical sales, my mom's in real estate. So <clears throat> it's really like, it's in my blood, but I think I was just defiant about it a little bit. And then when I leaned into it and I hit that moment where I'm like, I need to be with, around people. I need to talk to people on a day-to-day basis. That's what I'm excited about. That's what I'm passionate about. And I had this moment where I was like, numbers can come into play. And that's the beauty of being in tech sales. There's so much so much uh, math and data out there to analyze things and make adjustments. So, I mean, that's just a quick background. But what really prompted me to go in this direction was because I mean, that's what gets me up in the morning. What, what excites me is talking to people. What is it about people that excites you, especially talking to strange people? I mean, these aren't people that you know. These are like <laughs> people that you don't know. It's a bizarre kind of thing there. Honestly, I like the challenge. I like, I like knowing that every single call is going to be different, right? And it's, it's all about being dynamic and adapting to different types of personalities. So one of my favorite things is analyzing different personalities and, you know, knowing how to adapt and mirror their energy. Um, and really that's, that's what it, that's what I enjoy. Um, I love talking to people, you know, that if I get on the phone, super energetic and then they don't have that back, I'll drop down to that level. And, you know, they, they respond, um, much better. So that would be, you know, I think that answered your question. So you're, you're listening to not just what you're saying, but you're sort of picking up on, energy. A hundred percent. Yeah. And so like, what's an example of that? Like if you were calling someone and you started with a upbeat energy, but you noticed that they were a little bit slower and calmer, you would adjust your style a little bit. And if you, if you do, why are you, why are you doing that? Yeah. I mean, you can tell by someone's tonality in the first 10 seconds, if they are, you know, two seconds away from hanging up on you, or if they are okay with having a, a, 
conversation at the beginning. So, I mean, you know, an example would be if I give someone a call and they're like, what's up, Bailey? Then I know like, hey, I got to I got to come back, come down to their level, be very direct, be very specific and have valid reason as to why I'm reaching out and just get straight to the point. So, you know, that wouldn't you wouldn't want to respond with a bunch of fluff. And that's that's where I um, I enjoy that. I enjoy being able to to adapt in that way. As opposed to if someone said, Bailey, what's up? I'm just hanging out, having some tea. Then you might switch gears and respond a little differently. And it sounds like you kind of go with the flow a little bit. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, I would definitely have a more of a conversation that would be like, how is the tea? Tell me about that. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds great. I would not have that conversation if someone was much more direct. Okay. So your first sales job, take us back to those early days. And what were some of the things that felt really uncomfortable? You know, Josh, I, I like to share the story. Uh, this, is, this is a story about Ken Amar, uh, my manager at the time, and myself and my experience at Outreach starting in January. Um, I moved to Seattle. I was brand, brand new to the area. I had never even been to Seattle until I interviewed for Outreach. Um, and I, I moved on January 3rd and started the job on January 13th. And I remember just being like, oh boy, this is happening, you know, and I, I got into the role and I was like, I was overwhelmed. Um, and I remember halfway through February, I, I was starting to feel the pressure and I was like, I was like, okay, I have to be successful. Like, you know, that's just my, that's my personality. I'm very passionate. I'm very motivated. I want to be successful. And I was scared. I was really, really, really scared that I wasn't going to do well. And I remember I I hit this breaking point one day and I went up to Ken and I barely got the words out that I needed to talk to him. And I just, I I burst into tears. I was just scared. I was like, Ken, I'm really scared. I'm not going to be good. I, I really, I'm just scared. And he's like, that's okay. So we went on a walk and, you know, Ken talked me through it. Um, Ken is great at motivating and he's great at, you know, showing you your strengths. And he's like, Bailey, I wouldn't tell you this. You're going to be okay. I'm like, he's like, I wouldn't tell you that, that if I didn't believe it. And I'm like, okay, you know, fast forward to March. And that was when I had one of my biggest months at outreach. Um, and I was halfway through March and I started having a ton of success and I was booking meetings and I was just doing really well. And I, I remember I, t- I called Ken and I was like, Ken, I'm doing well, but I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> and he's like, what do you mean? I was like, I, I, it's just working, but I, I'm not sure why yet. And he's like, you know what, Bailey? Don't question it. Just lean in and trust your instinct. And it was that moment. I like to share that story because it was that moment when I started to trust my instinct and trust myself that I really bought in and I saw success. You know, end of March, I ended up beating Ken's record uh, for the most meetings or most qualified meetings booked uh, on in the second month of ramping. And it was just a huge moment where I was like, okay, I got this. And so, you know, I like to, my, the main reason I like to share that story is because <clears throat> I think as SDRs, especially those in remote uh, environments, and I feel for those who are starting this job in a remote environment, um, 
I think we have the tendency to feel like we are alone and it's scary and it's hard and there's challenges. Are we going to be good? You know, all these questions that you internalize and you're up, you know, every single day faced with rejection uh, back to back to back all day long. Right. And so it's hard to keep that confidence. But if you lean in, you trust your instincts, it gives you the ability to become more creative, more human and more willing to just be yourself. And people appreciate that. So that's really like my story at the beginning. Uh, it was a rocky, rocky road, but I mean, I ended up, you know, finding a lot of success and have continued to. So it's, it's been worth it. It sounds like you were overthinking it. A little um, bit yes, you could say that. You could say that again. <laughs> Your like analytical mind yep. was going deep and analyzing. And then it sounds like at some point you sort of let go. And you know what's funny about you saying that is Ken used to always tell me that. He's like, you're overthinking it, Bailey. It's simple. You call them. You tell them <laughs> what's going on. It's, that's all it is. I'm like, no, 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 no. It's not that simple. So, yeah, that's definitely. Your, uh, if, you, if you could take us back, like, in your mind, what were you think, overthinking, like, in the, in the mind there before the switch? Because I think a lot of people struggle with this reluctance mm-hmm. and overthinking. And there's a very famous phrase in neuroscience that says neurons that are wired together, fire together. Meaning yeah. when you start to have these thoughts, yep. it starts to perpetuate because mm-hmm. you keep telling yourself these negative things. And if yep. you say these negative things out loud, it's even worse. So what were these negative voices that you heard in your head yeah. that you were really overthinking? Um, I mean, I think it all stems from, obviously it stems from fear and fear is a, it's a negative feedback loop. The moment you buy into that fear, the, you know, more likely are you are to have a bad cold call and then you're going to validate that you're not good at cold calling, you know, so on and so forth. And so there was a lot of fear up front. Um, and I think it was just fear that I wouldn't be good fear that, that maybe I wasn't right for this role. There's, so many different things, but truly when I look back, I think I was just so out of my comfort zone. It just, it, it's, it's not a comfortable thing to be calling people you don't know. And Parents you know, you age, don't talk to strangers. And now exactly, all of a sudden exactly. that's your job to talk to strangers. And now I'm, yeah, I'm like, uh, you know, it's, it's nerve wracking, especially when you're calling people at the sea level, um, who have these really, really this high stature, um, you want to make sure you don't sound silly. And so it, it's just, I think you just internalize a lot at the beginning. Um, so how much of this is, you know, you're, you're, you've never been a CEO, I'm assuming uh, mm-hmm. you've never been in the job of the people that you're calling. So did you feel intimidated in a sense to be yeah. calling people as you called it with a, with a higher stature? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. That definitely goes into it. That's, that's part of it for sure. So but talk- I mean, once you start to, yeah, once you start to believe in the product, um, I always tell people at the beginning, I'm like, believe in the product, understand the value for each person you're speaking to. The rest will come. You can start to be yourself more. Let's talk about that a little bit because yeah. there was a switch that happened, obviously, and you mentioned believe in the product. Let's mm-hmm. get a little more specific there because I want to unpack that and double click on yeah. it. With regards to outreach, what does it mean to believe in the product? Well, for one, I am so fortunate that not only 
do I get to sell an amazing product? I get to use the product every single day and see the success that comes from it. Um, I, I am the firsthand user. And so that's been really, really exciting because I get to sell to salespeople the product that I'm using. And it's, it's just really cool loop. Um, so it's, it, it obviously helps to be using it every day and then seeing the success that really validates a lot. But I mean, learning customer stories and seeing firsthand the impact. Um, I know for me, every time I hear it from a customer about the impact outreach has, I'm like, wow, that's so cool. Like we did that, you know? And so it just, you got to buy in and you got to buy in early. It sounds like belief in the results of the thing that you're selling is core to your mindset. Oh yeah, definitely. So I always have- said, sorry. I always what? said that uh, when I went into a role that I would, I would not take a job if I weren't passionate about the value. I never want to, you know, I never want to sell something that I don't believe in. And outreach has definitely lived up to that expectation. So it's been- how important is that? I mean, for me, because I like to take pride in like being an honest person. Um, and I, I just really like to speak from the heart. So uh, that's very important for me. I don't, you know, it can be, you know, differing for other individuals, but for me, it's very important. So if you were tasked with selling a toaster that had a USB port that able to recharge your thumb drive, that would not do it for you because you probably wouldn't be passionate about that product. And I think a really great takeaway here if you're an SDR listening to this and looking for a job is not to jump on the first job, um, but to actually be very selective of how you help people be more awesome at a, and it sounds like Bailey, you kind of like in listening to you, it sounds like you kind of feel this in your bones. This doesn't sound like value prop language. It sounds like something you really deeply, deeply believe. Yeah. Yeah. I would say so. And you know, Josh, to answer your toaster question, I would have to really understand this toaster and get very excited about it. But that isn't to say I can't. So you know, it it takes a little learning, and you gotta get you gotta get excited about it. But but you might actually. So I think the point though is a good one, which is if you in fact weren't feeling the toaster, meaning yeah, you didn't really have that visceral reaction that this isn't something that's materially changing someone's life. You at least don't believe it. It sounds like you'd pass. Yeah, yeah. And I, I did. I mean, I was very strategic about what I what I did after graduating. Um, I interviewed with a lot of companies and had a lot of opportunities. But when I when I came to outreach, I was pretty sold pretty quickly. So and, and truth be told, it probably wasn't the product. It was probably Mark Cosglow. I mean, they, at the end of the day, <laughs> the huge draw. We all know that. So so, what advice do you have mm-hmm. for SDRs that aren't as fortunate as you in terms of being able to actually use the product? because they're selling to similar people. Maybe they're, they're selling to a chief marketing officer, some analytics solution, or they work for a company that's selling some analytics thing that they don't even understand really because they've never, like they've seen a demo, but they just don't get it because they've mm-hmm. never done the job. Like you're doing the job of your prospects and you yeah. see the results, the after state compared to the before state. What kind of advice do you have for reps that aren't in that kind of a position with regards to how they can start to get some of that Bailey belief in their blood. Yeah. I mean, go interview current customers, I would say. I mean, if it's a, if it's a product that's really impacting a CMO, then go talk to the CMO about their experience 
moving from one to another, uh, hear their pains, hear what they had to do on a day-to-day basis without it, and then what it looks like with it. I mean, you just have to kind of, you got to get creative. Um, that's, uh, you know, and I don't, I can't speak from experience, but I think if, if I, if I were to go into another position and I was faced with that situation, I would definitely, um, reach out to the person that's directly impacted. Yeah. A couple of other suggestions and one that you touched on earlier, which is to read case studies, not the Mm -hmm. marketing language, no offense to any marketers that are listening, but (laughs) the customer quotes you'd mentioned, I think are phenomenal. And even if you have the luxury of having a product like a chorus or a gong, listening to inbound calls, Mm-hmm. And hopefully the rep is asking some version of, you know, what inspired you to want to chat today? And you can kind of hear what they tried that doesn't, that didn't work because nobody mm-hmm. wants to wake up and talk to a salesperson. And you can start like a little Google doc called the lingo library for yourself and start to just yeah. put yourselves in those shoes. So I love that suggestion. So, so Bailey, you came on my radar for many reasons, but one of them was she's the best. Oh, um, I want to interview gosh. the best. So <laughs> I, I want to get a sense of like what people can learn from you that's attributed to your success. And I want to talk first about cold calling. Yeah. We'll move into cold emailing. But with regards to cold calling, let's talk a little bit about your process for how you prepare for a cold call. And then we'll get into some of the more tactical elements. But I really want to unpack your brain a little bit, if I could kind of peer inside there. Um, Mm -hmm. As you're starting out in outreach and after you've had that flip where you're motivated, what do you start to think about first to prepare? Um, there's a saying, mise en place, which is a French culinary term for getting everything in place before you start cooking. So you'll see a lot of famous chefs mm-hmm. having the vegetables prepared in advance. I'm sure you have a preparation process before you actually pick up the phone. I want to unpack that a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that that goes to research. Research is so important. Um, it's it's just yeah it's the backbone of your cold call and it's definitely detrimental to the success on your call um but are you asking in terms of my research or how i prepare to get on a call well let's let's actually do a real example so let's say i'm a, i'm a prospect for outreach mm-hmm. right so i'm i'm a, let's let's pretend i'm a prospect let's pretend i'm a vp of sales let's pretend i have mm-hmm. 10 people that i manage okay. um mm-hmm. and i am one of the accounts that is on your plate so your okay. manager gives you a list of accounts. I'm one of them. What's the first thing you do? Qualify. What does that mean? Um, they have to be able to, to, to use our product. Um, and so that, I mean, with outreach, it comes down to like their sales, their tech stack, uh, their selling motions, um, their responsibilities, what they're, you know, if they're responsible for generating new logo and closing new business. Um, you know, those are some key things to be aware of. Because uh, we do run into people that aren't qualified. So it's important to kind of DQ de- them up front if you can. So let's assume for the purposes of this that your manager gave you this account list. You mm-hmm. looked at my LinkedIn profile and on it, it said, I'm responsible for managing a SDR team, which one, Heck yeah. could, then, one, one could then apply imply that I am in fact the person that's responsible for net new logos. Mm-hmm. I'm now on your radar. Yep. What's the first thing you do before you pick up a phone call, if anything, uh, to prepare? Let's say I'm your target. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at like who their current customers are in case any of their current customers are outreach users. I'm looking at any partnerships. Uh, 
if they are involved or connected to anyone internally. I mean, I'm really fortunate because I have people like Max Altshuler and Scott Barker, um, you know, Manny and a bunch of really awesome leaders in my company who are mutually connected. So please you know, mention Mark's name. Know. So he's not, doesn't feel. Oh, and Mark and Mark, Mark, yeah, you were not forgotten. Sure we don't. Uh, um, <laughs> of course not. Uh, yeah. And so I, I, I think that's a very valuable technique and I use that frequently. Um, I just, just did it a couple seconds ago. Um, but that's something that I'm paying attention to who they're following. Like if they're engaging in content similar to ours, um, stuff like that, just anything to make the conversation warmer. Um, industry, uh, knowing what the industry is going through right now. Okay, you bring Those up things a, are all really valuable. You bring up an amazing point that is often overlooked. And I really want to dive into this a little bit because so many people make a cold, cold call, like without doing that. And that's the hard way, right? So if Manny yeah. or Mark knows me, mm-hmm. that's going to be an easier path because essentially you might even be able to get Mark to reach out and that's going to be a much oh, higher yeah. take rate because I know Mark and I'm going to open up his email. I don't mm-hmm. know Bailey. I, I might yep. not open up her email. So I love that you're looking for the fastest path to revenue before mm-hmm. just reaching out and looking at something you can use on a LinkedIn profile. So looking at connections, who's connected to who, and even maybe having not even you reach out, but maybe Mark reaches out or Manny reaches out. So that's, that's super smart. Let mm-hmm, me, mm-hmm. Let's go down a different rabbit hole. Yeah. Let's assume that you see me, you think I'm a good prospect. I've you know, published some stuff on LinkedIn from time to time. I manage like 10 people on, on, uh, on my team. Mm-hmm. Um, and you got to cold call me. Mm-hmm. But you don't have any of those connections that you can leverage, which is a phenomenal first step. But let's assume that for the purposes of this, we've kind of exhausted that, which is level one, that should be the first stop. But let's assume we don't have those. And now you got to reach out, quote unquote, a little bit colder. Um, yeah. What do you think about before you pick up the phone? And then I want to get into the actual call. I mean, I want to know what you care about at the end of the day. Uh, so what are you passionate about? The moment I make it about you, the more likely you are to stay engaged with me on the phone. So if you're publishing stuff, I mean, I'm going to read that. I'm going to find out what you care about and then uh, figure out a way to make that relevant to how um, outreach plays a part in the equation. Um, But yeah, I, I mean, this even goes back, actually, you know what, Josh, to flip the script, which I was at in Seattle. Gosh, when was that? That was pre COVID, but. Um, Beck Holland, she talked about the different buckets and how like the number one is self-authored content. And I mean, that's just, I, I lean into that all the time because it's about them. And that, at the end of the day, they, I mean, humans were all self-interested. And so it's, it's about them and their success. And anytime you can make it about them, um, I definitely go that route. All right. So let's put you on the spot. I'm going to have you pull up my profile mm-hmm. on your computer. My name's Josh Braun, by the way, B-R-A-U. Oh, nice to meet you. Nice to meet you as well. You're on my podcast, in case you didn't know. <laughs> and I'm going to, this is, this is called On the Spot with Bailey. And All right. And we're going to put you on the spot. We're going to, again, to set this up, I'm a potential prospect for outreach. Mm-hmm. And Bailey is going to pull me up on LinkedIn. And I do write posts on occasion. Okay. I'd write posts about four or five times a day, truth be told. So I, write a ton of posts. I also want to go down this path of what happens if someone's not doing that. Um, but yeah. Let's actually go down the path of me 
And what are you looking for? So you're skimming my profile right now. You're like, oh my God, this guy's such a prolific writer. It's unbelievable. This content, I <laughs> wish I could get off yep. the podcast right now and just read everything. But that aside, we'll do that mm-hmm. later. I know you, you can't wait to read everything, but what exactly are you looking for and how can you use it or leverage it, I should say? So I'm going to look at your past companies, your experience, the successes that you've had and how outreach can create even more success. Um, I'm going to obviously read your posts, engage in your posts, even tag. Like one thing we do is we'll tag our, uh, our managers and be like, Hey, look at this. This is awesome. Um, and then it just creates more, more engagement. Um, Mm, that's kind of smart. So that's kind of smart. So yeah. before you call me, you might click and comment and then at least I'll be familiar with you a little bit when you call. Uh-huh. Oh, absolutely. Yes. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So you've, you've clicked uh-huh. around, you've engaged, you said, Oh my God, Josh, this is brilliant. You're such a smart guy. Kind of, <laughs> my ego, even though <laughs> exactly, you genuinely exactly. feel this that way, exactly like I think I'm going to stay here instead of watching Cobra Kai tonight, I'm going to go through all these posts. I'm going to skip Netflix for like five days. So you're, you kind of go through that, but then you pick up the phone. Mm-hmm. And I answer. Yep. And I just want to hear how that goes. And then I want to dissect it a little bit because I sense it's going to not just be what you say, but also your tonality. And I'm going to throw a, a little tonality at you and I'm going to see like how it goes. Okay. Over. Okay. It's going to be phenomenal here. So I'm going to. So just so you know, for anyone who knows me, knows that role plays are not my jam. So you're put, really putting me on the spot here, Josh, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it. Well, let's not turn it into a role play then. Because okay. I'm, okay. I, of course I, I'm not. In the, I might. I'm. I very well might be in the market. I'm not using outreach right now. And I can do. I can do some outreach. I mean, most of my leads come from inbound, so I get all mm-hmm. my leads from inbound. I don't do a lot as much outbound as I normally have done in the past. But I'm a sales trainer also, so I refer people to outreach. Um, I might use the product for myself as well. But let's pretend I have three other people on my team, mm-hmm. and um, I could actually buy it. So let's actually go through this process and just see how it feels. So I'm going to pick up and I'm mm-hmm. going to go ring, ring, ring. I'm going to say hello. And I just want to see like how it goes. So <laughs> ring, ring, ring. Hi. Hi, this is Josh. Hello, Josh. How is it going? This is Bailey Brogdon. I'm giving you a call here with Outreach. How's your day going today? Good, Bailey. How's your day going today? You know, my day is going good. Thank you. Thank you so much for asking. You might be the first person to have asked me that today. So I appreciate it. That is terrible. How can I help you? <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's no worries. Just part of the job. But appreciate you taking my call. Uh, first off, I just want to start off and say, I hope you and the family are staying safe and healthy. I know things are going, they're pretty crazy right now in the world. So hope everyone's doing well. They're doing, they're doing fine. They're doing fine. Um, what do I owe the pleasure of your phone call today, Bailey? Oh yeah. So Josh, I have been doing, I've been doing a ton of research on uh, Josh Braun sales training actually. And I, I mean, I couldn't help but notice you've had a ton of great success when it comes to, you know, building out inside sales teams and increasing the cold outreach response rates. So, you know, I was hoping to introduce you to outreach and see how we could potentially make that even better. Um, and was kind of curious to see what your thoughts are and finding a better time to connect next week. What, what is, I'm, I'm somewhat familiar with outreach, but what is exactly does it do? Yeah. So actually, Josh, I noticed you are connected with Mark Cosaglow, uh, my VP of sales over there. Looks like you two have, uh, have a personal connection. Is that true? 
I, I don't like to admit that, but yes. Mark's a great guy. He's, he's pretty high up in the chain over there, I know. He sure is. Yeah, he was actually, he was one of our very first SDRs back in the day. So it goes way back. But the purpose, back to, back to really the reason that I had called, but the purpose of my call is because um, you are leading those three SDRs and outreach is in the sales engagement space. You may or may not be familiar with it, but we are a sales engagement platform. And really what this is, is it gives your sales team a playbook to follow to continue to increase your response rates and generate more interest. Um, but we really act as a playbook for your sales rep to reps to follow. And um, at the end of the day, uh, give them something. And then now I'm, you, I've just totally messed it up. All right. So end of, end of role play. So a couple of things I really liked here and I want to really kind of click on yeah. um, one, this did not feel like a robotic cold call to me. Uh, mm -hmm. This felt like I was actually having a conversation with a person, not a salesperson. It was very, mm -hmm. as you mentioned before, uh, very fluid. Yeah. Um, the other thing that I noticed that you did really eloquently is you started to mention some things that you picked up, my relationship with Mark, um, some of the posts that I wrote, a little bit about my history. Mm -hmm. um, that almost made me feel a little good. I think it makes anyone feel good when you're talking about their favorite <laughs> subject, which is themselves, Yeah, which is uh, really nice. And I also noticed that you kind of went with the flow um, a little bit uh, where the conversation goes. So you're not really, it sounds like you're not really following a script as you're doing this. You're a little bit more kind of freestyle. <laughs> I, I don't like to admit it, but yeah. <laughs> I, I like to structure my cold calls in the sense that like I'm like establishing rapport up front, um, expressing my reason for reaching out, providing value, and then asking for their time. Okay. And let's then go. keeping the conversation in in between. Keeping it going. So let's go through something else that I'm sure you've never heard before on a cold call, which is that sounds great, um, Bailey, but um, before I meet, can you send me some information? Now, I'm sure you've never heard that before, ever, not once on a cold call. But would love to get your take on the, the sort of Bailey method when you bump into that. So if I were to say to you, hey, Bailey, it sounds great, but can you send me some information? So there's a couple different ways I go about that response. And it depends upon the amount of rapport that I have with them. I mean, there's been times where I've, I mean, beauty of outreach is I can see whether or not they engage in the emails that I'm sending. So, I mean, I've gone to, I've had great rapport with someone and I'm like, look, John, uh, I'm looking at our, our emails right now and it looks like you haven't opened any of them over the last year and a half. So, I mean, you tell me, do you think it sounds like a good idea for me to follow up via email? <laughs> okay. So I want to pause here. And I thought that was brilliant for one reason <laughs> which is first off, it takes a little courage to do that. But essentially what yeah. you're doing is you're just getting to the truth. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes I like that because prospects will just say something because they don't know what else to say to get you off the phone. And you're not treating that as a truth. You're treating it as maybe just a way for them to, to remove you. And you're doing it in a way that's, dare I say, a little playful and not mm -hmm. taking yourself too seriously 
Um, so I wasn't really, when you did that, I wasn't really offended that I knew you were looking yeah. at my emails because there's, that could also be creepy. <laughs> I would imagine if yeah, you did it in a different course. way, like, hey, I know I was looking at your email. Like, it didn't sound yeah. very confrontational. How much of that is intentional versus just how you're wired? Do you kind of think about that? Or you mentioned like you're picking up on rapport. You wouldn't always say that. No, goodness. We're talking no. to someone that you felt not no, a strong no, rapport yeah. with. You might play that down a little bit or? Yeah, no, I want to be clear, very, very, very clear on this. That is a very rare road I go down. And that's truly, I mean, that that call, the most recent time I did that was when I had built like, a, it was a 20 minute phone call. Um, and so it was kind of a Hail Mary in a sense. And I uh, wanted to make sure I called out the elephant in the room. But uh, as far as like, you know, general best practice, I I like to, when they say, you know, send me over an email, I'll say, great, more than happy to send you over an email. Um, just to be clear, some of the, the main concerns that I'm hearing are this, this, and this. Would it make more sense for us to find a time to discuss some of those things and how outreach provides value? Um, and then I'll, you know, even go back into building rapport. Like, I don't know about you, but I'm a really visual person. So it may just make more sense for both of us just to kind of visually see this. So it sounds like you've got a lot of different plays that you can run. And mm-hmm. that's what I like about talking to you because you've got this toolbox and inside this toolbox, you got lots of little things you could pull out based on the moment you may decide to pull out screwdriver. You may decide to pull up a hammer. You may, you may have a number of different tools. So <laughs> yeah, it, sounds like you're, it sounds like you're a learner and you're constantly like adding things and there's no like best tool. It sounds like it's just the right tool for the job based on what you're bumping into. Yeah. I mean, you know, Josh, that goes back to when you said I'm an overthinker. And the reason is because it's so true. That's the cold call is not X, Y, Z. It really isn't. And that's why my brain had a hard time with it at the beginning. Um, Because like I said, I was a math person, but it's not. But that's also the beauty of it. You You get to just respond to them the way it makes sense. And here's an analogy I'll tell you about that I, I actually was told by my very first manager. Um, one day he came up to me and I, I was making cold calls and he said, you know, Bailey, I think you sound too salesy. And I'm like, what do you mean? I'm just trying to sound like myself. And I was really upset. And I was like, I don't know how to change it. That's just how I talk. And he's like, no, no, no. I need you to imagine something. And I'm like, okay. He's like, imagine your brother just came into your room and stole your socks. And I'm like, what? What do you mean? So I, I made another call and I changed my tone to mimic as if I was very stern, very confident about why I was upset, and then acknowledged it, what I wanted in return. And so I know that's kind of a weird analogy. I've said it before and I, I, I get that it's kind of a strange analogy, but what it did with my tone was that it, it allowed me to take this stance of like, I'm speaking to someone I know very well. I am acknowledging what I know and I am confident about what I am saying. And this is why, um, you know, cause you'd go into your room and you'd be like, brother, why did you take my socks? So, you know, it comes into the cold call is like, John, I'm looking at your page. You don't have you don't have a sales engagement platform and you know, that's why I'm calling. That is a phenomenal, that, that's a phenomenal analogy to work on tonality because it's very visual and it's something that mm-hmm. 
perhaps this happened to you. I don't know if you have a brother or sister, but perhaps your socks <laughs> have been stolen and perhaps you're scarred for life. And we'll talk about that on a separate phone call. Really, you're, yeah. you're at a position now where you can get a lock on the door and keep your brother out. But yeah. I, I really <laughs> Thank love goodness. that. So how much, of, how much of this also is, do you go into the call assuming that you're going to book a meeting and then feel rejected if you don't? Or do you go into the call thinking, hey, I might have this thing that could be helpful based on this research that I did, but I'm not going to assume it because I don't really know what else is on this person's plate. And therefore, if it's not a fit, I'm good. I'm going to move on. Or are you coming in like, this person needs what I'm selling. I'm 100% sure. Like, or are you somewhere in the middle there? I would love to hear a little bit more about that. Yeah, no, when, I, when I'm making a call, I, I truly, truly believe that they need us. And I, I, I am like excited that I get to show them how much better their life can be with, with it. So, yeah, I mean, when I go into a call, I, I, then this is in the words of Kyle Herman, uh, one of our top SDRs. He says, you either get, they either hang up on you, you book a meeting or you get a referral or a, a yeah, or a referral. But it's like, you know, you just, you go for it every phone call and it's, you're it's like not a, easy, but you're kind of like you gotta pit, do that. You're, you're kind of, it sounds like you're kind of like a pit bull kind of yeah. getting your teeth in there. Do you ever, <laughs> do you ever let go? Like, is there a yeah. point on the call where you're like, oh, okay, yeah. talk to me a little bit about like when that is. Because I let them go. If I, heard, if I heard Kyle's perspective, it doesn't sound like ever until they shoot the pit bull. <laughs> but maybe you'll <laughs> no, no take because like. Um, yeah. Yeah. I had a mentor once. She told me, she's like, it's okay if you get a follow up or it's okay if it's not a good time. But I, I think it also goes back to like making sure you provide the value. So, and then you also build, set the expectation that this is when I'm going to follow up and this is why. Uh, but. I'm yeah, I'm more than happy. I mean, we're all humans at the end of the day, and I never want to push something down someone's throat. So it's like, you know, if they have a valid reason, like Bailey, hey, I have this going on, I have this going on, and I have this going on, I hear you. And I'm like, you know what? Hey, I, I really appreciate your honesty. I'm more than happy to reach out. What works best as far as a good reconnect timeline? In the meantime, I'm going to sh- update you on our, any new product updates, blah, 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 or would love to add you or invite you to our summit series. Um, staying top of mind is then very valuable. Yeah, this kind of gets back to the heart of selling, which I think is empathy and being mm-hmm. able to not just be a salesperson, but to be a person. And I think to your point, the tell is when you're actually getting some very specific reasons as to mm-hmm. why it's not a fit. There's like what I call oomph behind it. Like we're doing X, mm-hmm. Y, and Z. My kid's sick. This is not like, there's a bunch of things going on. When you start to push more against that, mm-hmm. things can get real icky fast. So it sounds like when you hear those details and there's some oomph, it's like you trust your intuition. Oh yeah, you yeah. You lean into that and you're, mm-hmm. you're you know, hey, I, I'm sorry you're doing okay. Like I, I do this role play a lot with salespeople. Actually, let me do it with you. This might be interesting. Let's, let's put you on the spot again because I know Josh. you love role plays. So here we go, Bailey. Ready? Okay. Let's Cole called me and I said, hey, Bailey, I can't talk right now. I got to go to the hospital. Oh, okay. Wow, Josh, I am so sorry to hear that. Is everything going okay? Is there a better time? I can give you a call back. Okay. Beautiful. Actually. Right? So that, that, that demonstrates to me that you have some empathy because so many salespeople would say, well, can we schedule a call tomorrow? 
you know, whereas, <laughs> as opposed yeah, to what no. you did, which is, oh my gosh, is everything okay? And just kind yeah. of letting that go. And I think that comes from being able to put yourself in someone else's uh, shoes. So Bailey, as we wrap up here, uh-huh. I'm a new SDR. Uh-huh. What's your one tactical thing you would tell a new SDR to do to set them up for success? Tactical. In, in addition to talking to Mark Cosglow, of course, we all should talk to him. He's just a world of wisdom. <laughs> Sit you on his lap. He'll tell you stories about the old days. But in addition to that, what is something that you would uh, let them know? Yeah, I think one thing when people get into this role, they think that all they do is just cold call and email and do these like, you know, kind of robotic kinds of things. Get creative. That would be my, my biggest, my biggest advice is like, get creative look at things in a different light and see how you can go about it without the, the typical um, way of doing it, you know, and what does it people mean to appreciate be creative? it. What does it mean to be creative? I mean, don't just do this, this, the same thing over and over again, get poor results. And then, I mean, you got to just, you got to get creative in a sense where, you look at an account and you're not like the first thing I have to do is cold call them without research. Like look at it, get excited about it. Find, um, find excitement in it. I know this is actually a true story. Mark actually told me or told myself and the team, he's like, you need to believe in, you know, what you're selling and write down a list of the accounts that you get excited about and why you get excited about them. And I think that's important. I think that's important. I think that understanding or believing in what you're selling, understanding the value of what you sell, and then leaning into your strengths. I mean, I'll be the first to say like one of my, I wouldn't say my biggest strength is in emails. And I take some of your advice, Josh. Yes. I'm still working on it though. I wouldn't say that that's one of my strengths and that's okay. Right. I mean, I'm always look learning and looking to find more, um, information out there, but you know, one of my strengths is being on the phone. And so you got to lean into it, find your strength, lean into it and get excited about what you're doing. Because I mean, it is a hard job at the end of the day. It really is. But you guys, no one's alone out there. I mean, it's a tough world, but it's making us better people. I love that advice. And it's so rarely talked about. I often hear, you got to learn this. You got to learn that. You got to learn this. And if your strength is the cold call, and not email, maybe someone else on the team's strength is email, you can lean on them a little bit more. But like, I love the idea of playing to your strengths and not putting a pressure on yourself mm -hmm. to be able to be a jack of all trades. Bailey, you have what I think is the first podcast under your belt. How does it feel, Bailey, to have this it one? It feels great. I feel honored to have been chosen to come on here. I really do appreciate it, Josh. Thank you if, for having if me. If this airs, it means that it is Bailey approved because she this wants to make true. sure that it is uh, <laughs> good on her soul. So I'm going to send her this. If it never sees the light of day, it'll just be for me. And this is a reminder to myself. <laughs> I got to have a conversation with Bailey. Bailey, if people want to reach out to you and yeah. get your perspective on things, or maybe they even want to learn a little bit more about outreach, what's the best way to get a hold of you? I dare you to cold call me. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm not that mean. Um, <laughs> no, you can reach out to me on LinkedIn. Uh, LinkedIn's probably my most commonly uh, 
where I'm most available. Um, so more than happy to have anyone reach out to me. And I'm always interested in networking with different people. So Bailey, thank you so much for being so generous with your time and for dropping so <laughs> of course, many knowledge thank bombs. Thank you for having me. Of course. Thank you, Josh. I hope you have a good rest of your night. <laughs>